Now, the, the, the text that, um, uh, what's your name again? Kurt. I'm all thrown off. Thank God. It's not Kyle. I understand that by now. The text that Kurt wrote, read for us in Galatians chapter 6. Now, what I want to do is I want to look at this text, and he read 1 through 10. Now, what we have, we have the tendency to do as Christians, as well-meaning believers in Christ, as well-meaning Christians, we have a tendency to look at Galatians chapter 6, and we look at this as, woo, this is an opportunity for me as a Christian to strut my stuff and for me to be a hero in a story. Some of you are like, what? what do you mean? Well, this, this whole part about restoring someone that has fallen or um, this bear one another's burden. We have a tendency, and I'm not here. If, if you are, if you've thought this before, I'm not, I'm not you know, bashing on you. I think this is a natural tendency that we want to, we want to help, fine. That's great, but what we have a tendency of doing is we think that we can swoop in and we can be the hero. And like that we're the hero in, in, in the story. Now, um, I want to tell you that this is not what's happening. This is not the intention of, of, of the text in which uh, the Apostle Paul is, is writing here. So what we have to do to understand this um, text... Now, th- does, it, does this text teach about helping other people and, and, and coming alongside them? Absolutely, it does. And we'll see that. But this text is not about the, the, the mature believer swooping in and being the hero of the story. Actually, if we want to understand what the, the, the apostle here is saying um, in this text, we've got we to reverse, go in reverse a couple texts, so you don't have to go far. But if you go to verse 25 of chapter 5, he says this. Paul says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So what, what, what happens here is we see that this is like setting up where chapter 6 is going to explain, the instructions of, of chapter 6. And what it is setting up is that a life that is lived by the Spirit is one that is going to face obstacles and opposition. So what happens is now some people will push back and, well, wait a second, if I'm living by the Spirit, God's going to be leading me and everything's going to be, everything that happens is going to be ordained by God to happen. Well, just hold on a second. That is crazy thinking. Well, wait a second, are you questioning God? No, 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 I'm not questioning God. What I am is, if you are a part of the story and you do something stupid, you can't blame it on God. Right? We have the tendency, well, I'm just being led by the Spirit. And then we do something stupid. Well, God must have wanted me to do that. No, He didn't. You're just an idiot. You know what I'm saying? So we have to understand that we're going to face these, some, some obstacles. And what, what Paul is saying here, that, that, that a life that is truly led by the Spirit, that, that a life that is uh, truly um, under the power of the Holy Spirit, still has these obstacles, still has these circumstances that we have to deal with. Now, I believe, and I think as we look at this text, the fact that Paul instructs us how to deal with them is even more evidence of this is what the Spirit-filled life is going to be. Now, I, 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 when I say things like Spirit-filled, I know that some people get all giddy and, oh, we're going to talk about, you know, Dan's already moving around in his seat over here. 
So, which is, here's a little plug. On June 9th, Dan's going to be preaching, and it's taken a few years for me to get my, my, my courage up for this, but Dan's preaching on the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'll be on vacation, so you have to let me know how it goes. But, bring your tent. No, no. Yeah, no, he's going to be teaching about the, the, the person and the work of, of the Spirit in, in the believer, focusing on uh, the Gospel of John, chapter uh, you know, 14, 15, 16, in there. But I, I think it's, it's important to understand that when we talk about a Spirit-filled life, a Spirit-filled life is an involved life. It's a life that is involved. Now, primarily, yes, it's involved, it's involved with God, But as Paul is very clear here, a spirit-filled life is one that is involved with others. Because there's nowhere, nowhere in Scripture that talks about a lone ranger Christian. Someone who can just go and do it all on their own. No, there's these things called the, I love the Greek word, alelon. You've heard me say it, the one another's. There's over a hundred commands in the New Testament alone about these one another's. We're to love one another, serve one another. We're going to talk today about bearing one another's burdens. There's all of these one another's. You can't do one another by yourself. If so, it just look weird. Especially if you're like serving one another. Serve, I can serve myself. No, that's called selfishness. I, we talked about that, what, I think it was two weeks ago? We're not to be selfish, we're to be selfless. Not indulging it in our flesh, but, in, but being, uh, indulging in the Spirit, uh, seeking after the, the, the spiritual things. So what Paul here, uh, he, he gives us, is that um, you know, this life by the Spirit, we have to be involved. But what happens is too many Christians, and we'll just pick on us Christians, right? Too many Christians try to do it under their own power. They try to live a life by the Spirit under their own power or by their own rules. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Under our own power, by our own rules? How did we term that when we started this whole series like 45 years ago? It was, which was only 12 weeks ago, by the way. Legalism, right? It, that's legalism. Wait a second, I thought legalism was the, the church down the road that said you have to wear a suit and tie. And, no, 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 here. Legalism is trying to live by the Spirit under your own power, by your own rules, and trying to earn God's favor doing that. So what we have to understand is like, so well, this, this life in the Spirit, this, this living by the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, well, we have to understand that this is not something we do on our own. Do we have responsibility? You better believe it, we have responsibility. But the power in which we have to live this life comes from, and it's kind of crazy if you think about this, you know, you try to put this image, the, the life in which we're to live by the Spirit is empowered by the Spirit. I mean, it's understanding that the way in which we are to live is in a direct correlation, is in direct connection to the way, um, the one who is empowering us, the way in which to live. So this is something that we have to like, kind of just, let's just shake our head and say, okay. But as we understand, the Apostle Paul here says, as you are, as you are following the Holy Spirit, as you are following His lead, and He uses walking by the Spirit, as you're walking by the Spirit, when you come across an obstacle in your life, when you do an oopsie, right? When, when, not if, when you mess up, 
when you make the wrong decision, whatever you want, want, want to say, when that happens, that doesn't mean all hope is lost. You don't just throw your hands up in the air like you just don't care, right? I think it's two reference, song references already. So, but we understand, it's like not all hope is lost. But I believe, and, and you guys, I mean, you, you, you can think about this now, you can talk to me later about it if, if I'm wrong, but I believe that there's too many Christians that fall into that category. Like they're, they're wanting to live for Christ. They're wanting to live a life that is pleasing to Him. They're wanting to walk by the Spirit, but then they hit this roadblock and they're like, well, crap, am I doing the wrong things? No, maybe you're doing the right things. And you still have to hit, hit that obstacle. But maybe you did do some wrong things. And sometimes what we need is we need people around us to help us through those uh, bad decisions which we make. I, I love here, as uh, Paul is explaining this, he, um, he, he's going to explain the, 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 just the, the profoundness, and I call it, how I have it here, is the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel, because the, the, the fact that it's the gospel, the power of God, that's, that's what the gospel is, the power of God, the good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. It's the power of God. The gospel is what saves us, what Christ has done. Not what Bobby has done, not what Ogre has done, not what Lee has done, not what Kurt has done, not, not what any, anyone has done outside of what Christ has done. And since Christ is the source and the power and the, the, the completion of the gospel, and the gospel is what saves us, what we have is we have hope through the gospel, through the good news, that when we do something stupid, that the gospel can still save us. I, I, I think it's important to, to think about this. I, I wrote this down because I didn't want to mess this up. The gospel allows us to fail and still be forgiven. It allows us to fail and still be forgiven. It allows us to jack things up and still be justified. Still have a right standing before God. Some of, some of my legalist friends that are sitting here in the congregation are going to be like, wait a second, Lee. Now you're going to make it this where people have a license to sin. Well, you know, because if that's the case, then I don't believe you understand the gospel in the first place. That's not promoting the grace in which God has given us. This unmerited favor that we see that has culminated in the gospel, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. So when we understand that, we can say, even though we fail, we can be forgiven. Even though that we jack things up, we can be justified. But also, and as we're going to see here in this text today, that it provides a response to be restored. I don't think that we talk about it, and it's something that the elders and I have been talking about. We want to uh, talk more and more and more and more and more about the centrality, this, this, that means in the center, the centerness of the truth of the gospel. Because it's not my teaching, or even Dan's, or Kurt's, or Jake's, or Chuckles, or any of the elders' teachings. It's the truth of the gospel that has to be centered. It's the truth of the gospel that restores relationships. It's the truth of the gospel that heals. It's the truth of the gospel that gives us hope. So we understand here when Paul he, he says this, he, he, he brings this, this, he sets the stage of saying, okay, if we live by the Spirit, those who believe in the truth of the gospel, and that's who I want to talk to today, 
Because I think if we don't start with the truth of the gospel, we're not going to understand all of these instructions. They're not all, there's a couple here. A few of these instructions in which Paul is giving us here in this text. So if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So as we go through chapter 6 here, keep in mind that, okay, this is like my walk with Christ, okay? Like as this is happening, as I'm walking by the Spirit, and as these things happen, this is, how, this is what I'm to do. Now it's going to talk, we're going to talk about what the, what, um, the helper is supposed to do and the helpee is supposed to do in these situations. Look at uh, chapter 6, verse 1 with me. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Well, I, I think that this is not something that we have to uh, try to figure out. What did he really mean here? What Paul said was, as you're walking, you're going to trip and you're going to fall. Maybe the reason you trip and fall is because you put something in there. You put yourself in a bad situation, whatever it may be. He says here, if anyone is overtaken by wrongdoing, if anyone is caught in these, these uh, wrongdoings, this transgression, these sins, that's all, all that, that, that word, that transgression, that means sin. If anyone is caught in sin, those who are spiritual... Oh, who's he talking about? Those who are spiritual. Well, here's what I want us to to, to um, I want us to be cautious when we when we head into this little part here because when we say those who are spiritual, maybe we think about oh, it's got to be some um, patriarch or matriarch of the church that they are such a, a, a an extreme um, at an extreme level of maturity and only they can help. No, what Paul's saying here is those who are spiritual, I'm going to go and use what the Greek word says, those who are filled with the Spirit. That's what spiritual means here. Yes, it does have a little nuance to those who, have, who, who are, are a little bit more mature, but, it, but the primary meaning here is those who are filled with the Spirit. Because remember, we're talking about walking with the Spirit. Now, when I say that, when we, are, when we accept Christ as our Savior, we are filled with all, with all of the Spirit. We don't get a little bit of Spirit and He grows inside of us. We get all of the Spirit. But what happens is He doesn't get all of us. So if He doesn't have all of us, that's where this, 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 this gradation comes in. Where there, the, those who can be a little bit more mature, it's not a, a, as if um, Bobby has more a, a, of a, the Spirit than, than I do or I have more than Ogre. No, no, no. It's how much of, uh, how much of me does the Spirit have? How much have I released of myself to Him? R remember one of, you know, one of my favorite verses in, in chapter 2 there. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, and the life I live, in the flesh I, li I live, by faith in the Son of God. Right? So, so understanding it's I'm dying, I've been crucified, and I'm daily giving up my will for His will. And that's what the, the, the Christian walk, that's what progression, that's what uh, uh, maturation, maturity in the Christian walk looks like. Giving up more and more and more of ourselves so that the Spirit can be alive more and more and more with inside of us. And then we have to just trust that, you know what, He's going to do what He does. That's that faith in Him. So here, as we look at this, when there are those who fall, when there are those who create sin, those who are maybe just a little bit, a little bit further than whoever it is that has fallen, with a spirit of gentleness, restore them. 
a spirit of gentleness. I, I think this is very important when he says a spirit of gentleness because uh, too often what Christians try to do, they, they, they well, have a tendency of doing, I should say, is that we shoot our wounded. What do you, what do you mean? Well, the, when a brother or a sister uh, messes up, we have a tendency to kick them while they're down. And sometimes we have a tendency to make a, a, a spectacle of them. And that we have a tendency to, to well, see, that you shouldn't do what they did. And, we, and what we're doing is we're standing on top, there, on top of them while their face is in the mud. No, that, it says it with the spirit of gentleness. It's reaching down and saying, hey, okay, yeah, you know what? You messed up. There's no doubt about it. You messed up. And, and, and I actually, uh, I've I got a, a new phrase that, that I want to throw out at you guys, and, and you guys can, um, you know, give me critique later. But I'm thinking about, as I'm thinking about this idea of, like, when we mess up and things that have happened, you know, you, you can't unscramble scrambled eggs, right? You can try, but you can't unscramble scrambled eggs. But what you can do is you can quit making scrambled eggs. So when, when something happens, and maybe it's a, it's a huge thing in your life that, that you know, I, I was stupid. Okay, fine. You know what? You can't undo that. But what you can do, they're scrambled. You can just stop eating, or you can even stop eating the scrambled eggs. Just stop making the scrambled eggs. Move on from there. How about that, whatever that, that stupid thing or that crazy thing, or maybe you're drawn into something. Because actually, that's what this text, where it says caught, it actually implies by surprise. Sometimes we get caught into sin, and we're like, how in the world did I get here? Instead of letting the devil take and just, and, and just and, and overwhelm you with, with this shame and this guilt, and oh, yeah, you shouldn't, yeah, you're right, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't have made the scrambled eggs, but I can't unmake them. What I can do is I can stop making them. I can take this, 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 from this time on, and I can live my life for God. Knowing that something's going to happen and you're going to have to say that again. Hopefully it's not about the same scrambled eggs you made the first time. So understanding that, that, that okay, you can't undo it, so let's, let's move on. And I think that's what the spirit of gentleness is. It's saying, okay, hey, yeah, you messed up. Well, you, you know what I want to do? If I'm, if I'm the one that's, that's helping, it says here, I need to guard myself so I don't get, don't get sucked into that temptation. Now, I might like scrambled eggs. Right? And I'm like, woo, scrambled eggs. i got to be like, wait a second. Those must, I don't think those are organic eggs. So <laughs> they didn't come from the Brabon farm. <laughs> no, what I have to do is if I'm, while, while I'm helping, while, and it says here, those who are helping, be careful, be cautious, be on alert so you don't get sucked into eating the eggs. Don't eat the eggs. Right? That's what everybody's going to remember today. Don't eat the eggs. Okay. Say no to eggs. We have to understand this when it says that, that, that those who are spiritual restore our brother, restore our sister with the spirit of gentleness. This restore, this, 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 uh, um, this word here is used of like mending of nets. Or, or I mean, for the medical personnel that we have in, in here, it's the setting of a broken bone. I like that part. I like that, that restore because a setting of a broken bone, does that, does that make everything better? No, it doesn't. What has to happen when the, after the bone is set? It's got to heal. It's going to take some time to heal. So this restoration in gentleness is like, let's set, let's set things in place and let's let time and care happen so it can heal. 
So when it heals, that in which, you know, I think about, so if I break my leg doing something stupid, whatever it may be, I've never done anything stupid in my life, but if I were to do something stupid and I broke my leg, so if I were to do that and my, my leg, get, the bone gets set, it heals, I have a pretty good chance of telling my son or something, hey, don't do that because this is what happened to me. And I think that that's part of this, this, this restoring with the spirit of gentleness. And this brothers and sisters were, were coming together to, to, to help one another. And that's what it, it means to, to walk with one another and, and walk by the Spirit. Look at verse 2. In, in verse 2 here, it says that we're to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, I, I love this because it, there, there's a, a clear distinction here of what a burden is. If we look here in, in verse 2 and then we look down to uh, verse 5, there's a burden in verse 2 and there's a load in verse 5. There's a difference between a burden and a load, and, I'm, and I probably won't get there because it's the sake of time, I don't know. But a load, think of that in which God has given you. Like your responsibilities. I, I love how one translation says that a load is our conduct. For we each are responsible for our own conduct. There in verse 5. But what is a, so then what is a, a burden there in verse 2? Well, a, a burden is that in which is um, not commonly expected. It's, it's a weight in which is, will crush an individual if they take it and try to deal with it on their own. And I see so many, so many Christians walking around under this crushing burden. And, and they're like, I got it. Oh, it's my own. This is a cross in which I have to bear. That's not what that, that verse means, by the way. Because here it says, bear one another's burdens. That which is crushing you. What, what, what is it? I, I don't know. Maybe it's an emotional situation. Maybe it's a spiritual situation. Whatever it is, we're to bear that with one another. Now, in, in, that, in this understanding here, in this context, Paul is talking about the stronger and the weaker. So a stronger and a weaker, if we're to help those who are weak, that doesn't mean that we lord it over them. It's not as if I, I, I look at Greg and I say, yep, you're a weakling, I need to help you. Oh, yep, you need help. I mean, it's true, but you need help, I'm going to help you. That's not what, what, what the, a spiritual mature believer says. No, in humility, it's going to a brother, it's going to a, to a sister and saying, hey, you know what, maybe I've been there. I've went through that. Hey, maybe you haven't, uh, you haven't, uh, haven't uh, uh, come to this point yet, but beware because this happened. And this, it, it, we can help one another. We can bear their burden together. We can be involved in one another's life. Go figure, Right? As if we're supposed to um, actually uh, reach out beyond our own little bubble. Our introverts in the, in the room are like, wait a second, Lee, don't be tall. I'm already getting you know, freaked out about this. We're to reach out. No, here's the deal. This bearing one another's burden. Remember what I, how I started this out. Because this is not only for the introvert, this is also for the extrovert. You're not the hero. You're not the hero in the whole situation. And, and I think that that's one, 
for me, maybe it's just me thinking this, that's a huge sigh of relief. Knowing that when I go into a situation with someone and I'm, I'm saying, okay, I want to bear this burden with you or I want to help you here, it's not me. It's not dependent upon me. The only hero is Jesus. It, it, it's saying, okay, okay, what, do, what does he say about this and how does he say to deal with this and how can we walk through this healing together? Let's set things in line. And I think that that's the, the, the point is like, let's bear one another's burden. Let's set things in line so the healing process can, can take place. What happens, though, with a, 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 a fracture? What, what tends to happen is what your doctor, if you break a leg, tells you not to do. Don't, you know, don't do too much on it, right? Don't get so pig-headed, men, basically, that you, you break your leg and, oh, I feel good, but I don't need this cast, and you cut it off or whatever. Well, then what happens? It, it, it doesn't heal properly. No one in here has ever done that, right? I think that there's a few of us that have, right? Maybe it's leg, an arm, whatever it may be. Well, we have, so understanding that when, when, when the healing or the bones are set in place, that healing needs to take place so it can grow strong again. So don't put undue pressure on something that is already fragile. That's that bearing. You know, what, what, what does, I'm, I'm not even a medical person, but I, I can kind of understand like a, a, a cast is so it can not only keep it straight, but can help bear the weight too, right? So that healing can take place. Yes, it might be, good analogy, it just came to me. Yes, it might be uncomfortable. Anybody who has ever had a cast or a sling, right? Yes, it might be uncomfortable, but it is necessary for healing to take place. And I think that what we have to understand is when we look at this and when we're bearing one another's burdens, that yes, it might be uncomfortable to share something with someone or to reveal, hey, I'm dealing with this or whatever it may be. But even though it's uncomfortable, it is necessary for healing to take place. And because it's necessary for healing to take place, it's one of those things that you can't do on your own. I love the fact that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again throughout the Scripture, it talks about God and His people. Right? Not God and His person. God redeems a people. Not a person. Wait a second, I have been redeemed and I'm a person. Yes, but are you the only one? There's no individualism here. Now, I'm not, I'm not promoting, you know, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders? Is it Bernie? Barry Sanders was the running back, right? Bernie Sanders saying we need all, the, what is it, socialism and blah, blah, blah. I'm not, not saying that we need all that. What I'm saying, though, is that, that yes, we make an individual commitment to Christ, but we're committing to a people. We're accepted into a people. There is where healing takes place. Yes, it's through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Gospel in our lives, but it's amongst the people. It's amongst God's people. And I think that that's what he's clearly saying here. Because he says, bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? As I was going through this, I was thinking about this, like I think it's important because we can talk about bearing one another's burden and we can talk about restoring and everything, but we have to understand what the huge focus here is. John chapter 13, turn there real quick. John 
in John chapter 13, verses 34, and we'll go 35 too, but mainly 34. Jesus says this, a new commandment I give to you. He's talking to his disciples here. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, now I, I get it, and I think that, that, that people um, kind of group this into uh, the, the second half of the greatest commandment, to, to love God, love people. I think that it is part of that, but there's something that is very unique about the words in which Jesus says right here. He doesn't just say love people. He gives a specific way in which we are to love people. Just as I have loved you. Just as I have loved you. Yeah, you know what? That can be painful. That can be downright dangerous in some situations. Because there are those out that, that, that um, are out there that will abuse the people who love them. But you know what? There's no clause in here. There's no disclosure or anything. There's no asterisk saying, love them like I loved you unless they do this or unless they hurt you here or unless... No, it doesn't, doesn't say that. Now, what we have, to, we have to rest in, and this is very uncomfortable, but what we have to rest in, that those who abuse the love in which you give, that's, they're going to have to, to answer to God. Yeah, but God needs to do this. and no, <laughs> Justice is mine. Or I, actually, I like how it says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. God's vengeance, God's judgment, God is the ultimate arbiter in all of this. What we're to do is we're called to love one another. And, 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 and this love one another is loving one another as Christ loved us. Now, when, when, when uh, Jesus says this, he's talking to his disciples here. This is what, what, what Paul had in mind when he talks about the law of Christ. The law of Christ is to love even when we're not being loved in return. That's hard, especially for a society that, that tells us it's all about me, 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 and bigger, better, faster, whatever. No, Jesus says that, that, that no, you need to love because how he loved, how he loved, the, the love that he poured out, his disciples, you, me, we can't match that. But we can learn from that and we can say he's got, he, he is a, the purest form of love. God is love. It's like what Kurt said this morning out of 1 John. So when Paul's thinking about, or talking about this and he says that, 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 we, that we fulfill the law of Christ, so if we're bearing one another's burden, if we're coming alongside, we're helping uh, one another, we're loving them as Christ loved us, we're fulfilling that law. Well, we're not supposed to be, we're not, we're, not, we're not under the curse of the law. Totally different law. This is the law of freedom. This is the law that, that, that says that I have the freedom, and, and I told the guys this this morning, and they kind of looked at me funny, but I said, what, what I really want us to understand is we have the freedom to fail. And, you know, I'm not advocating failure here, but what I'm saying is God loves us so much, and he, he sets this up like when you fail, you can still be restored. That doesn't promote go out there and do whatever you want, live however you want, and know God's grace is sufficient, and he'll get, no, that's, that's not a license to sin. 
But what it is, it's a hope for restoration. It's understanding when you do, and when you're an idiot or whatever, when you make a mistake, when you get sucked into something you shouldn't be in, that you could still be restored. Go back to Galatians and we'll finish up here. My plan was to kind of cut it down because I'm sweating profusely, but that's all right. I need a towel, but that's, we'll, we'll do that next time. But here, what I, what I want us to look at is where after it says, bear one another's burden, so fulfill the law of Christ. He goes on to say, for if anyone thinks he is something um, when he is nothing, he deceives himself, but let each one test his own works, and, and uh, then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. You know, when, I, when I'm reading this, I'm like, man, this just doesn't, well, how, how does this all go, go together? Well, I, I think that, 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 that what we see here is the Apostle Paul is saying, like, when you're helping someone, test your motives. Why, why is it that you're helping someone? What, 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 what is the, 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 the reason that you're doing this? And then he's also saying, if you're not helping someone, what is the reason that you're doing this? And I think in both of these situations, we have to see he's, he's saying this, this is not... This is not in the, the, even in the original Greek. This is the Lee translation. I think he's saying, get over yourself. Get over yourself because you're not that important. Well, wait a second. My mama said that I'm special. She's right, but in a different way. You, you, he, here, here's the deal. You're not that important. I'm not, and I'm not you know, no denigrating human life and your individuality or anything like that. No, you're made in the image of God. I believe that 100%. But when we think too highly of ourselves, what do we have a tendency to do? We have a tendency to be the one who's, when our brother or sister messes up, to be the one standing on top of them so we can get taller. I wish I was a little bit taller, right? wish I was a baller. Hey, he said that one. He's just continuing on. So I understand. Someone's like, what in the world are you talking about? It's a song. A long time ago, B.C., before Christ. Okay. Anywho. Understand, though, what we have to do is we have to get over ourselves so that we can help one another, so that we can bear one another's burden, so that we can. And I love how this translation says, there's another translation that says that we don't compare ourselves we don't compare ourselves to, to, to each other. That is a huge problem with inside of the church. Too many Christians try to compare themselves to other Christians. Let me free you from this. You are to compare yourself to none other than Christ Himself. And no one measures up. Sorry to butt burst your bubble. No, we're all on an even playing field. What does that mean? That means that I'm not too important to help this person or I'm not too insignificant to help this person or that person, a brother or sister. I love that we have to understand that it is Christ that is our standard. And when we see Christ as our standard, we can understand it, that, you know what? I'm living by the Spirit. I, I, I make some mistakes. I can learn some things. I can help some people. I can progress. I can give up more of my life to Him. And at the end of the day, I can be used by God. I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else. But that's one of my prayers, personally. It's like, 
I want to be used by the creator of the universe for his good pleasure. Not the way in which I think he should use me, because I've given him a bunch of ideas. Man, you just give me, I know money can't buy everything, but, it, you know, buy me a boat and a truck to pull it. And I didn't get a Yeti, but I got the knockoff Yeti. A, what do they call them, Gettys? A ghetto Yeti? Well, anyway. <laughs> I know, but, you know, I try to tell God, hey, I can, you can use me this way, and you can use me this way. <laughs> no, he's got greater plans. So, so my prayer has, has and this is, this is my carnality that, I, that I'm releasing, my prayer has come back to, I've been resolved to say, God, use me how you want to use me. And I think that that's, that's, that's how we need to approach this. Because we're, are we important? Not in our eyes, in his eyes. But when we try to do it on our own, then we fall into that, that under my own power, by my own rules. And then we miss the whole picture here. And we miss the freedom that we have in the gospel. But we don't have to. We can stand firm and say, okay, I want to live by the Spirit. And as we're going to see in a couple weeks, for those of you that are taking notes, we did skip over a a few verses in Galatians. We're going to finish in Galatians 5. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and what it looks like. And self-control is one of those. We can understand that, you know what, God can use me and He's got purpose for me and I have responsibility. Okay, God, here I am. What What does Isaiah say? Here I am, send me. What do you want me to do, God? I, and I, I can't answer that. Only he, he, he can answer that for you. You and Him together can answer that. Let's pray. Whew. Father, we, um, we thank You for the day in which You've given us. Uh, God, I, 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 I thank You for the direction You took us. Uh, I, I, I pray that what it is that, that You communicated through me today to us all, that we can grab hold of the truths here and then we can see that, that, that you're for us and you want to use us in mighty ways so god let us not fear that god let us not let the 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 the, the lies of the enemy creep in and, and 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 cripple us but god let us live in this freedom understanding that uh it's for freedom that christ has set us free and let us live in that So, Father, it's all yours. We want to be yours. God, we give you all honor, all praise, all glory. In your name, Jesus. Amen.